Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. This is Authenticated. The Diecast Collectors Podcast from Lionel Racing. Put down those Thanksgiving leftovers. We've got a whole new episode of Authenticated, the Diecast Collectors Podcast from Lionel Racing for you here. Uh, again, hopefully that turkey was really good over the last week or so. And, uh, you know, if it's starting to rot in that fridge, go ahead and throw that out because, uh, you know, you got to be sick of it by now. But uh, welcome to another episode of Authenticated. It's been a couple weeks since we were last with you, but we are excited to bring you all new cool stuff here today on the show. My name is Matt Kenfield, Content Marketing Manager here at Lionel Racing and happy to guide you through another one of these exciting episodes of Authenticated as uh, we kind of put a, a ribbon and a bow on the 2021 NASCAR season and start getting uh, ready for the holiday season and uh, get ready for that 2022 NASCAR season as well. So uh, a lot of cool stuff in store here today and we will also talk to I want to say one of the legends, but probably the most legendary figure in NASCAR later on in the show as well. And we will get a visit from the big guy. Who is that? Well, you'll just have to find out later on in the show. But uh, before we get to all that and more, I want to introduce today's co-host, Alex Pullman here from Lionel Racing. And uh, Alex, how was your Thanksgiving? It was very busy, Matt. How so? I uh, had like three. It's, it's radio, Alex. What? Come on. You can speak more than that. <laughs> Let's go. I had Let's like see. three Thanksgivings and then furniture shopping for my new house. Okay. So, uh, I mean, did you find what you needed? Yeah. Just need the house to put the stuff in first. That's kind of important. Yeah. All right. So it's what like, were the, what were the. Like th- having Kool-Aid and no sugar. Yeah. Right. Oh. Peanut butter, no jelly. I mean, yeah. what do you got going on there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, but to, long story short, yes, I did. So fine. explain the three Thanksgivings because most people can only cram maybe two so, in one day. So we had one on actual Thanksgiving with some some of uh, my husband's family and some family friends, and then we went to a 40th anniversary party on Saturday, which was also Thanksgiving themed as far as food goes. And then Sunday we had Thanksgiving with uh, my husband's family when his dad got back. That's pretty solid. That's a busy weekend of eating. It is. So I'm, I'm kind of done with eating for a little bit. <laughs> I get it. And uh, that other heavenly voice that you just heard chiming in there, Thomas DuBois from Lionel Racing. And uh, how about you? How was Thanksgiving in the DuBois fi- uh, household? It was good. It was kind of chill. Just stayed at the house. Busy weekend. Then we had some family. Went to a Hornets game for the first time oh. since they've become the Hornets for a second time. Right. So it was exciting. Had been to the have been to the new uh, arena, but with other with other avenues, concerts, comedian yep. shows, stuff like that. But no, it was good. And we just kind of laid low. Went over to the Speedway lights, 
So got to take the family up the track, take an SUV up the corner at about so 20 you, miles an hour. You before cheat we the system too? <laughs> you, you roll up on the banking, banking like I always do too? Oh, you have to. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 20 miles an hour though, I think the tire started to like, because <laughs> I'm like trying to go up it. And the kid's like, no, go down, go down, get off. I'm like, no, this is fun. I thought I was going to tip over, but it was fun. Yeah. They're like, you really go around? So you take the tour. They take the van like around 65 miles an oh, yeah. hour, I think, or something yeah. like that. But yeah. I was doing like 20, so it wasn't, didn't feel as safe. Was it, I guess there was a lot of cars. Were it was, they, oh, it was packed. It were was, they all like on the banking too, right? So yeah, several of us were kept doing the like the swerve and going up, <laughs> and then I would go down and I'd like try to angle up and try to run up at some. Yeah. I tried to pay the kids. I'm like, listen, I'll, I'll like buy your lunch when we leave here or dinner if you will like jump out of the car and try to run up the, the, <laughs> the bank right quick. And they're like, no way, because they were shocked. They've just never seen it that close right. to be uh, toward the bottom, and they're looking up, and you know that's all you see is bank. Yeah, and yeah. they were they were pretty impressed with that, but. Yeah, they they highly discourage you from going up on the banking up there. But uh, I'm notorious for getting a big gap for the car in front of me. Or this is Charlotte Motor Speedway, the holiday light show that they do uh, every Christmas time. Um, but I, I'm good at getting a big gap so I can oh, just yeah. hammer down. And, you know, all the people behind me are probably getting really ticked off because why is this guy just like riding, riding yeah. the brakes while everybody else keeps digging? Yeah. And here I go, wah, 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 and just <laughs> climb up the banking. And, and then they set up cones about halfway through the corner. So mm-hmm. you have that, you know, brief moment. Do I just barrel through the, these right. cones you, or do I run, just let it roll risk back it all. Just risk it all. <laughs> right. Uh, but then when you realize you paid like 40 bucks to get in there, you don't really want to, you know, get kicked out before you even see the first light of the show right. so yeah, yeah. but uh it, it is a good time and the, the hornets have been on a hot streak they win the night you went there uh yeah i actually hit a record number of threes there you they go. hit like 25 three-pointers or something it was it was the first it was that their record or something one guy hit like 10 i think it was just it was crazy Not it was a good night yeah it was like 130 something to 111 so a lot of defense was playing yeah not so sure. much well that's that's the nba basketball i mean you just kind of stand around and watch the other team score baskets is usually how it ends up being but uh matt what about your thanksgiving uh, it was good thank you for asking uh, i spent time down with my wife's family and uh, ate lots of food played a little football in the backyard and then uh proceeded to one of my neighbors was um out of town so we were tasked with feeding their hamsters and all that stuff which the kids really enjoyed and then uh my brand new truck that i had as i was backing out of that driveway i took down the neighbor's mailbox so that was a good time so i spent the rest of my weekend fixing my uh oh, no. my tail light and thanks to the good folks of hillbish ford and uh wilkes automotive in uh, china grove north carolina for hooking me up and getting me some parts really quick so i could get everything fixed up and uh um how so yeah, that's for you backing up to bust a tail light. Well, see, here's the thing. <laughs> were, were you taking your uh, what was it? Your hey, lights? y'all, watch this. <laughs> right, exactly. Here's what, what happened. Okay, so like, see what happened was right. You know, I, I'm I'm, it, I'm it forty years old. With. I'm forty years old, and uh, this new truck that I got back in August or something like that has a backup camera on it. I've driven since I was really one. legally yeah. since I was sixteen, and I've never had a backup camera before, so I don't use the dang thing. Right. So I'm backing out and, you know, did my duty and fed the rats on wheels or whatever they are, the hamsters, guinea pigs. I don't even know what they are, but, you know, backing out. And next thing I hear is crunch. And Mandy's my wife said, why didn't you just look at the camera? I was like, because I don't want to because I'm old school. I don't need that dang thing. And uh, in hindsight, probably should have used it. And since that point, I've used it a lot more. Um, but, uh, you know, it, we all make mistakes. It was a great end to a, uh, an otherwise good Thanksgiving. 
And uh, I left a note. So, you know, my neighbor wasn't home at the time, but I left a note in their mailbox said, hey, sorry about your mailbox. Let me know what I can do to uh, fix it and all that stuff. And uh, it didn't knock it over or anything like that. It actually did. I, I few hundred dollars worth of damage to my truck didn't hurt the dang mailbox at all. <laughs> So, you know, the guy called me and he's like, hey, man, it's all good. And how about your truck? And I said, I don't want to talk about it. So uh, here I am on the podcast telling uh, telling the world how crappy of a driver I was just for a brief moment. I mean, I think I've hit something in a vehicle maybe twice in my life and the other or maybe three times. The other two times were animals running across the road. So, I mean, to be fair, though, you shouldn't rely on your backup camera at all times. Uh, correct. I mean, I. When I back into back up with the trailer or something like that, it's definitely useful. But I've only had the thing for two months. I haven't attached a trailer to it yet. And when I had a truck before and I backed into it, you know, backed up to a trailer and used the trailer, I used my mirrors and turned around like a normal person. But I got to get used to all this crazy technology, you young whippersnappers have, right. uh, in Did your you, vehicles hey, these days. When you get older, I mean, you're, you're not my age yet, but you're going to want that backup camera because all that twisting and turning looking over your shoulder will start to hurt. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> true. And I'll tell you what, I will never volunteer to v- feed that rat again at my neighbor's house. So uh, you know, I hope I, he doesn't listen to the podcast since you're calling his hamster rat. Yeah, I tell him that all the time. It, oh. it, my kids... My kids really enjoy going over there to see their animals. I I actually sat in the truck while my kids went in to feed all the animals. Now, now we know what to get his kids for Christmas. A hamster, yeah. It's on the list, trust me. Oh. So, uh, yeah, Santa Claus... Now, see, now, do we need to hit your mailbox as we go to feed your hamsters or not? Nah? No, there will not be a hamster in the Henfield household. Uh, there, I saw a rat once or a mouse once in my shed and my kids and my wife freaked out for two days so why would we put one in a cage with a little wheel and some water in it that's the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard i'm sorry if there's any you know hamster guinea pig whatever uh you know aficionados listening to the show but uh they're just rats um so uh i it's on the kids christmas list uh i don't think uh last year santa ran out of hamsters because it was on their list last year uh you know because of covid they just couldn't import the you know furry rats i think there's a shortage of them this year too Uh, that's what i'm thinking so uh you know there's there's all kinds of logistical issues and you know challenges and trying to get products shipped left and right uh these days and i think the uh the the varmint um market is is struggling as well but uh the good news is in addition to wanting one of those dumb little animals uh the kids also want some die casts so uh, i think we might have some people that are one guy in particular later on in the show who might uh help out with that for whether it's my kids or your kids or yourself uh, later on in the show so we will get to all that and a lot more as you've got a little backstage uh, experience into our lives and we hope everybody listening also had a uh, happy thanksgiving and we're getting ready for the holiday season now we are full-blown ready for the holidays now so uh, we'll talk about all that and a lot more still to come here today on authenticated
First things first, on today's show, we will put a bow, as we mentioned, on the 2021 NASCAR season. Uh, Just going to give a quick little synopsis on all the good, bad, and uh, interesting that happened on the racetrack and off with the NASCAR Cup Series, NASCAR Xfinity Series, and NASCAR Camping World Truck Series in 2021. And uh, I'll kind of, you know, give a little uh, open floor here to uh, Thomas and Alex on uh, what you guys thought was the biggest story of 2021. You know, we saw Uh, Kyle Larson have a bunch of wins. Some guys not have the seasons we're used to seeing from them. Um, You know, even the development of the next gen car that, uh, you know, kind of took a lot of uh, spotlight in 2021. Uh, uh, You know, I'll start whoever wants to go. What was kind of your biggest theme of the 2021 season? Um, I want to say, you know, the creation or merging of some of these teams that kind of came out of nowhere, Uh, like, Brad Keselowski leaving Penske after all these years and going to Roush to kind of, you know, be the driver owner and bring it back their program, maybe of the days of old and, you know, colleagues going cup racing next year. And I mean, just a bunch of different teams, you know, being thrown into the mix. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with that. And, you know, obviously Brad going to Roush, uh, Roush Fenway, now Roush, Roush Fenway, Keselowski, RFK, um, you know, is definitely a huge story to follow. And, you know, we've already seen just uh, through social media and some things, uh, you know, they kind of, I don't want to say they cleaned house, but they added a lot of, you know, smart people in the shop, in the office and everything like that. Went through a whole rebranding process, which uh, hopefully we'll talk to some uh, representatives from RFK. We kind of got them uh, on deck a little bit on a future episode of Authenticated to talk about that rebrand process. But uh, uh, that will be interesting. And, And you mentioned calling and, you know, AJ Allmendinger winning that race earlier this year to go. Yes, I got the first AJ Allmendinger mention on the show today. I didn't say it. Uh, I get the gold star today for stealing Alex's thunder on the first AJ drop. So, uh, like a planet fitness, like a lunk alarm every time AJ is mentioned. (laughs) AJ Dinger, oh man. But he's only running part time. Haley's running full time. But, but what, where we were going with that, and I think you were going there too, is, you know, what a head start that is, you know, to already have a trophy on the shelf from your cup program. Sure. Um, you know, certainly a successful Xfinity series program, you know, AJ had the shot at the championship and uh, went, won a bunch of races this year and uh, certainly adding a uh, pretty good horse to the stable in 2022 in the Xfinity side with the uh, champ, Daniel Hemrick going over to college racing. So Absolutely. Uh, that will definitely be a team to watch and uh, just kind of seeing the emergence of some of those teams in 2021, I thought was pretty good too. Cause 23, 11 racing certainly had a lot of hype a lot of buzz you know some big names between michael jordan denny hamlin bubba wallace uh, involved in that program but uh winning that race at talladega um you know certainly put that team on the map too you know we we sure. talked all season long about how michael jordan didn't want uh you know he was there to win right and we questioned whether you know MJ understood how difficult it is to do it. And and yeah, it it rained that day and then weather wasn't good and Bubba was in the right place at the right time, but he was in position to win a race and they're not going to take that win away from him. So, uh, you know, get used to it. He's probably going to win more races legit or not. You know, he'll he'll win some more in that car. Um, And Trackhouse actually ran pretty decent as well. And they had Pitbull on board. And then another big thing was them taking over Ganassi because really nobody saw that coming. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, even, you know, you you look at a guy like Matt Tift and BJ McLeod starting their own team, you know, guys that, you know, Matt Tift and, you know, 
done a decent job, especially in the Xfinity series side, but you know, wasn't, you know, wasn't setting the world on fire or anything like that. BJ McLeod owned his own Xfinity series team uh, over the years. And, and again, not perennial front runners by any means, but they put their efforts together, live fast motorsports. And, you know, again, they weren't competing for wins necessarily in the cup series, but they were there. You know what I mean? They had nice looking cars and, and with the development of the next gen car, they'll have just as good of a shot. I think, you know, to, you know, and didn't they get a top five at Daytona? They, I believe they did. Yeah. You know, and BJ's a heck of a racer. I've known him a long time since the uh, uh, late model days when he was uh, just a teenager racing late models against grown men uh, down in uh, central Florida late model scene. Um it was funny. Uh, BJ McLeod actually uh, was trying out for a team called Wall Tom Racing in the old ASA late model days. And uh, it was a development series or development program. And all the kids that were running that or trying to get into that car, um, it was basically like a gong show, a tryout kind of thing. Every kid that was there was 12, 13 years old. And, you know, this is, gosh, probably 2007 or so. BJ and I, because I was there covering that event, were the only ones over the age of 21. So we went out to dinner at Hooters one night with the team owners. So the, me, BJ, and the team owners were over at the bar, and all the kids were, you know, coloring or whatever they were doing at the, at the Hooters in Mooresville. Um, so, you know, a cool story uh, just uh, about BJ's uh, background there. But, uh, you know, again, this between the charter system, the next gen car, you know, we, we've already seen some shakeups with these teams. And, and I think 2022, you're going to see some of these teams compete with the big dogs, the Hendricks, the, the Stuart Haas and, and Joe Gibbs racing and things like that. You're going to see these guys run a little bit better. So um, definitely something to watch. So uh, Thomas, what do you think? What was your biggest takeaway from the 2021 season? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you should mention a lot of the, you know, the teams that have moved over. Um, you know, it was really interesting. I was at the uh, the dirt race at Bristol. I mean, I had to go when I knew oh, they yeah. were doing that. I went. I was like, I'm going. So, you know, they delayed it to Monday. So I went back even on Monday. And to watch, even Daniel Suarez led all those laps. I thought he was going to win the race. And he didn't just get lucky. Like I said, he didn't get lucky. He was up there leading and pulling away. And then all of a sudden, the cautions came out and just didn't follow his way. But I think for the biggest story to me is the, uh, the Stuart Haas stable and watching Harvick struggle. I mean, all the races he won in 2020 and then to kind of struggle in 2021 this year was just kind of shocking to see. And uh, even Kyle Busch kind of struggling, you know, this year. Just so some of these big key players to watch them struggle, it's a little shocking when you see that. To, see, to watch them struggle and you're like, man, you know, so hot one year and then it kind of falls apart one year. But you're going to have those years you, you understand, but it's still kind of something you see and it just kind of shows you how, how – uh, cyclical you know even nascar could be you know you gotta you gotta have the right equipment you gotta have the right team at that just you know out of the right mojo i guess you'd say i I, yeah i wouldn't have expected eric amarola to be the first driver from stewart haas to win a race this season right yeah he would have been you know yeah, and I mean, it, it's certainly not lack of effort. There's certainly, you know, plenty of smart uh, guys working on those cars and good drivers, uh, you know. Uh, but it's just a matter of it kind of shows how finicky these cars are. And when you hit on something like it's clear that whatever Hendrick Motorsports knew about their cars was better than what anybody else had in 2021. Right. Because. Kyle Larson won 10 races. Chase won a couple, you know, a few races. And, you know, uh, Bowman and uh, Byron uh, all went to victory lane as well. Um, Whereas the other teams that are used to kind of running neck and neck with those guys 
struggled a little bit and we certainly heard plenty of uh, uh, colorful comments from Kyle Busch questioning why his car can't turn and some of his teammates cars can and certainly some of the other teams cars can um, so you know th- there's just that one little bit of information that one you know screw of a of a you know turn of a screw or something like that that might um, be the difference in getting a car that handles and one that doesn't so um, and, and what's going to be really interesting is to see I don't, you know these are not spec cars by definition uh, with this next gen car in 2022 but they are meant to all be more or less the same so that's what's really going to be the difference is which team which organization finds that uh, maybe a gray area or that one little thing that they can do with that car that the other teams can't do that's going to be the difference between you know winning and losing basically in 2022 so um you know we could see a track house we could see you know a richard childress racing that was another team that didn't necessarily set the world on fire in 2021 um you know maybe they will in 20 you know if the right engineer finds the right thing with this car it, it it's gonna light a fire under them so um be very interesting to see how uh, how all that develops with the comers and the goers and the, and the haves and haves not have nots in 2022 um, you know, the, the low hanging fruit for biggest story for me is Kyle Larson's 10 wins. I mean, it, and a championship and you know, getting it done at Phoenix with a, uh, you know, certainly the right strategy and everything like that at Phoenix. You know, that's, that's the easy answer for, you know, the biggest takeaway of 2021, uh, especially based off of what happened at, you know, in, in, in his life and in his racing career in 2020. Um, and, and as we've talked about in previous episodes of the show, um, you know, what made him the biggest storyline is not just, you know, coming back from what happened in 2020 when he, you know, basically lost his ride over at Ganassi um, and then, you know, hooking up with the Hendrick organization. And it's not the 10 wins in the championship, but it's everything that he's done outside of it. Certainly doing a lot of charity work to try to, uh, um, you know, combat some of the things that he fought in 2020. And, uh, you know, when it is... <laughs> constantly every weekend he's winning something on dirt whether it's sprint car late model midget whatever it is um you know he he won in it and he's going to keep doing that all winter long leading up to daytona in february and uh, uh i know he's got a bunch of uh, dirt races on his docket uh getting ready for the 2022 season as well um so it def- definitely a lot of big stories uh, in the 2021 season and uh, certainly some excitement to come in 2022. So that's what we, you know, our biggest takeaways of the 2021 season uh, on track. I want to talk diecast. Uh, we will be releasing our top 10 best selling diecast here very soon on our social media account. So definitely keep an eye out for that. Um uh, again, I'll kind of open up the floor. A lot of really cool paint schemes in 2020. I'm sorry, 2021. Um, some, eh, it's funny. Every time we saw a new paint scheme come in, we were like, oh, this one's really cool or it's different or it's whatever, maybe a new sponsor or something like that. But there was also a lot of teams that kind of recycled a lot of the same paint schemes from 2020 and the year before. 
Personally, I think it was because they're getting ready for 2022 when the cars are all different and the numbers placed forward and you can put bigger logos and stuff like that. So, you know, I think the designers kind of punted for a year. Uh, and so, like it. Not not every car, not every team or anything like that, but some of them were just like, hey, if it ain't broke, let's not fix it because we have a chance to, you know, come up with something different for, for the next gen car. Uh, but there were still some cool ones. Uh, so I'll open that up. Uh, you know, maybe Thomas, I'll start with you. What, what kind of sticks out diecast wise, best paint scheme of 2021? Well, we, we talked about this, and I think, um, you know, one of the ones I like, I mean, I think Gravedigger is going to be huge. I mean, that right. was, that just really throws you back to the, even the monster truck days when I was a kid. And, yep. man, I don't remember the guy's name. Was it Greg or something? I mean, the guy who used to, the guy. Dennis was, Anderson Dennis, was a driver, yeah. I mean, close. Greg was close, right? Yeah. Uh, I think Greg Anderson's a. Uh, NHRA driver, right? Okay, I remember correctly. Either way, I mean, you know, I grew up. I grew up going to the monster truck rallies. Even they would host them at Charlotte Speedway and yep. the Charlotte Coliseum. And so, Grave Digger was always something I knew of. So when they brought that out, that was a huge shock to me to see that on a NASCAR car. Right. And for us to sell like it did, I, I think that's one of the coolest paint schemes this year, hands down. And then I know we were talking. I'll, I'll just go with another one, just because I was saying before. I think U.S. Air Force. You got to give you know. Eric Jones and Richard Petty some love because they always have a cool Air, Air Force paint scheme. But this year's uh, Warfare, yeah, Special uh, Warfare, Special Warfare car was just really cool, and the fans really like it. I mean, we always do a special finish, and sometimes those are harder to sell because those are unique to specific collectors looking for the um, the special finish. And so we did some color chrome, flash coat color, and it, they all sold out. And that's just a great looking car as well with all the, the the graphics on the side and stuff. And it's Air Force, so you know. It's funny that you mentioned that, kind of giving a shout out to uh, Richard Petty and Eric Jones for for their Richard Petty Motorsports for their pain schemes this year. Uh, you know, I, I think we've mentioned on, on the show how we, we, through our production and our marketing teams, sit down and and have meetings with race teams uh, about pain schemes that they have on the way. You know, how their pain schemes are selling and things like that. Uh, I have in, in those meetings, um, I have given. A lot of teams, a lot of credit for their paint schemes, but I have really praised Bradley Sisson and uh, the whole group at Richard Petty Motorsports for their creativity uh, on their paint schemes. Because, you know, I'll say it, Eric Jones, good kid, good race car driver, won some races and everything like that. Not typically one of the better sellers in the NASCAR scene. At least he hadn't been when he was with Joe Gibbs Racing and previously. You know, didn't have some cars that made MOQ and all that stuff, but wasn't one of our, you know, top-tier drivers. This year, I think all but, I think we maybe offered 10 or so uh, are, are, are producing 10 Eric Jones diecast, which, you know, the 43 hasn't had that many in previous drivers and everything like that. Eric Jones hasn't had that many made when he was with JGR and things like that. So I give the race team pretty much all that credit for coming up with something really cool week after week. Because you think of the armor all that was really cool. Mm -hmm. uh, the goodies fast orange was really cool. There, there's a lot of really nice looking cars that came out of Richard Penny Motorsports this year. And, you know, the better the car looks, you know, I, I understand maybe Eric Jones doesn't have the biggest fan base. But you, the collective that's listening, I know that up there's a lot of you. You don't necessarily care who the driver is. You know, you collect your driver or whatever. But if it's a cool looking car, you're going to buy it. You're going to add it to your collection because you want that conversation piece. You want it on your shelf. And I think the RPM really kind of stepped their game up on the design front this year to uh, to make those cars appealing to the NASCAR fans. Yep. So yep. kudos to that whole team for sure. All right, Alex, your turn. Um, I have a tie. Uh-oh. 
Well, I really enjoyed Corey LaJoy's Darlington car right. because it was the same sponsor Alan Kowicki ran and they were out of the old Kowicki shop and he even recreated the photo, which mm -hmm. I really liked a lot. And then uh, the Daytona 500 win. I know Loves has been with Front Row for a while, but it was really great story for Michael to win and that car was all torn up and I got, actually got to produce my first Daytona 500 car, so a little bias on that, but it was actually an awesome car to have. Yeah, and I know the team was super excited about that one, too, because, you know, I think uh, we, we made a hauler based on that as well. So uh, really cool that the team got really behind. And the sponsor did, too. Right. Now, th that's all really cool. And we... We enjoy those those stories because, again, Mike McDowell's not typically one of our top tier sellers, but Daytona 500 car was pretty torn up. I mean, again, you might not necessarily be a Michael McDowell fan, which if you're not, you should be because he's a really good dude. Um, but, uh, you know, and even though he's not necessarily one of our biggest sellers, you put all the Daytona 500, you know, hoopla and folklore and everything like that. Plus, you tear the car up. Uh, it's going to be something you want to add to your collection. So, uh, um, re really special win there for uh, for that front row motorsports team of Michael McDowell. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of torn on what my favorite paint scheme is. So, uh, I'm going to go with two. My, my favorite, my favoriteest, my favorite best looking car. So, I'm going to go strictly on looks. And uh, I'm going to go to Trackhouse Racing, the Tootsie's car that Daniel Suarez drove. Because, uh, I mean, that thing was just, I mean, bright and pink. And anybody who's ever purple. been... Purple. Was it purple? It's like yeah, lavender. It's like a, yeah. yeah, okay. I'll, I'll call it pink. You, tomato, tomato. It kind of reminds it, you of I mean, that Kyle Busch car from back well, in the day. That it, it's really that, the same, it is the it, Orchid it, Lounge or something. I was going like to say, that. it's yeah, the same so. color purple or pretty close to what the actual building is in Nashville. Right. So, um, that is... That was the best looking car, I thought, just because, you know, having been to the bar in Nashville before yes. and, uh, you know, uh, seeing what it's all about. And um, again, one of those meetings that we had with the race team, hearing how that story came about, uh, you know, how that sponsorship came about. It literally was, you know, team representatives hanging out at Tootsie's and the guy from Tootsie says, hey, let's put our name on a car. And yeah. that's really how it happened. It was as, as organic as that. So uh, and that really again speaks to what you had mentioned earlier about these teams when they get really good sponsors because some of his cars earlier in the year just didn't hit rmfu right, right for his earlier cars that were really cool the iFly and some of those cars are really the cool Comscope. the comscope they were really cool cars but they just i think we did 64s maybe mm -hmm. in them but you hate to see them but the tootsies i think we made all of them i believe but yes i'm not mistaken but yeah so i mean that that was definitely uh high on my list and then it's a tie for my most memorable so that was the best looking. So the, the ones that I'm most excited to add to my collection, we'll put it that way. The two that I'm most excited to add to my collection. Um, I know I'm a honk for my short track guys, but um, the uh, Daniel Hemrick uh, race win from uh, Phoenix is high on my list because I've known Daniel. I've worked with Daniel. Yeah, really good guy. And when Priest won his first truck series race at uh, Nashville Super Speedway uh, in the Hunt Brothers truck for David Gilliland Racing. Those are two guys that I've known for a long time, you know, worked with, done a lot of cool stuff with over the years. And uh, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm excited to add their race wins because they're pretty memorable race wins uh, to uh, to my collection, at least. So uh, that, those are my two uh, what the two die cast I'm most looking forward to adding into my shelf. And uh, that Tootsie's car was probably my best looking one for the 2021 NASCAR season. What was your favorite die cast that you added to your collection in 2021? Or maybe one that you've got on pre-order that just hasn't come in yet, but you're excited to put it on your shelf and put it on display when it is in. We want to know. Use hashtag AuthenticatedFan on social media. We want to know what your favorite die cast of the 2021 or favorite paint scheme of the 2021 season has been. So definitely hit us up on social media using hashtag AuthenticatedFan. Got a lot more cool stuff to talk about here, including a visit from the big guy from the North Pole. That's right. Stay tuned for that here on Authenticated. It is fresh paint time here on Authenticated, where we bring you the latest diecast releases that you can order today at LionelRacing.com. And uh, we're going to start off, we just touched a little bit on some Richard Petty Motorsports uh, paint schemes for 2021. Well, how about one for 2022? As Eric Jones just uh, unveiled the number 43 Focus Factor Chevrolet, a new sponsor to the team, a new sponsor to the sport, and uh, coming on board for sponsoring the vast majority of Eric Jones's efforts in 2022 and uh, um, really exciting to kind of see uh, lack of a better term new money come into the sport right anytime a team can bring new sponsorship in and we see plenty of one-off sponsors you know maybe do a race or two here and there and come and go but uh, focus factor sign on for 20 something races I believe um, in 2022 so uh, the Eric Jones number 43 focus factor Chevrolet now available and uh, some more 2022 die cast up for pre-order as we speak from Penske, uh, from Team Penske, Ryan Blaney's 2022 number 12 Menards Libman Ford Mustang and Austin Sindrick's number two Menards Richmond Water Heaters Mustang. Uh, those two die cast now available for order, as is Harrison Burton's number 21 Motorcraft for the Wood Brothers. Uh, really exciting to see uh, Harrison Burton get a shot in the Cup Series with the Wood Brothers, the famed number 21 Motorcraft Ford. Also, uh, we released this one just a little while back since the last episode. Christopher Bell's number 20, DeWalt Toyota Camry for Joe Gibbs Racing. These diecast and more, you can order them at LionelRacing.com by calling 1-800-952-0708 or check out other authorized Lionel Racing diecast dealers. If you haven't seen these diecast yet, they're available at LionelRacing.com and also check out our Instagram story highlights as we will put up all of these paint schemes and renders of these cars uh, right now on our Instagram story at Lionel Racing. So uh, definitely check out our fresh paint diecast for this week. And we'll be back in just a moment with a discussion with one of NASCAR's most legendary figures. Stay tuned. We've got some big diecast news for you right now on Authenticated. We are officially releasing for order the 1984 Daytona Firecracker 400 winning 
diecast for none other than the king, Richard Petty. His 200th career win came at Daytona in 1984 in July. So many people remember that race. President Ronald Reagan was there, gave the command to fire engines, and uh, uh, Richard Petty won the race in a thrilling battle with Cale Yarbrough. And for the first time ever, the race win version diecast of Richard Petty's number 43 STP Pontiac is being produced by Lionel Racing. And it's now available for order by calling 1-800-952-0708 or through LionelRacing.com. And uh, who better? to talk about this first-time diecast from his 200th career NASCAR Cup Series victory than the king himself, Richard Petty, joining us on this week's episode of Authenticated to officially launch this diecast. And uh, Richard, I got to admit that uh, it's kind of crazy that we are producing this diecast for you almost 40 years after the race, but what does it mean to you for the first time to know that a diecast of your 200th win is being produced? I guess uh, it's kind of unexpected. Uh, I, I figured they should already have had one out, but I think it's the first time that they're really just doing it for that particular race and uh, selling a car for a race instead of just selling cars. Now, Richard, there's a lot of marks on this thing and uh, probably none more memorable than the donut on the side from a thrilling battle with Cale Yarborough on the final lap. What are your memories about that battle with Cale? Yeah, you know, uh, we was getting ready for uh, a couple laps to go and we come through the start finish line and uh, seen a car in the first corner upside down or was up in there. And so we knew, both of us knew that, you know, whoever got back that lap was going to be the winner. And uh, so I was leading the race and going up the back stretch just as we go in the third corner, Kale passes me. And as I get in the middle of the corner, I pull up basically up beside of him. We run side by side, you know, from the middle of three and four all the way to the start finish line. And uh, the cars were even. They side drafting, they call it now. And they just stayed stuck together. Uh, the deal with me, I was on the inside. So my. Uh, way of getting to the start finish line was two foot shorter than what Kales were so we wound up winning the race now maybe some of the new school fans might not realize this but back in 1984 there were no spotters on the roof or anything like that so what went through your mind knowing that you had one lap to battle it out with kale to the yellow flag that eventually ended the race well, really, uh, you know, no matter who's telling you what to do from the spotter standpoint, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, and uh, we wasn't thinking about anything except I had to make a move or I had to wait for Kale to make a move so that I could make a move because I was leading the race, so there's nothing I could do. And uh, instead of trying to block him or something, uh, I kept him behind me till we got to the third corner, and uh, that, that was enough for me to be able to then to – but woe him down enough that I was able to pull up beside him. Now, one of the most iconic memories and scenes from that race, of course, is as you and the rest of your uh, fellow drivers are racing down the Daytona backstretch there and seeing Air Force One landing at the airport back behind the racetrack. Uh, you know, what did it mean to you to have the president of the United States for the first time show up to a NASCAR race? That was the first time that a, pres- a sitting president had actually been to a NASCAR race. What was that like? 
Yeah, you know, it was going to be a big deal no matter what. At Fourth uh, of July, President of the United States was flying in. Uh, you know, he said, start your engines from, uh, he was still in his airplane. He got there probably a little bit past halfway and got to see some of the racing and stuff. And, uh, you know, just just being around for the president, that's a big deal. But having to come to the race uh, was just just unreal. And, uh, you know, when the thing was over, uh, I went from the start-finish line up to um, announcer's booth and stuff and got to talk to him a little bit. Uh, he was blown away that we was running 200 mile an hour beating on each other. And uh, then when it was over with, uh, they had uh, the garage area and stuff. All the drivers and the crews and stuff were able to bring their families in. And uh, we uh, chicken with the President of the United States on July the 4th. It was great. All right, Richard, and finally, what is the one memory that stands out the most from your 200th win at Daytona? It was one of the days that you look back and there was so many things that was first uh, uh, in your mind that that happened. Uh, President of the United States being at the racetrack, you winning the race, winning on the last green flag lap, uh, you know, all that stuff come together. uh, You know, Hollywood wouldn't buy that as a script. I know that. Well, we really appreciate Richard Petty joining us on Authenticating Again. The 1984 Firecracker 400 Race Win Diecast from Lionel Racing, produced for the very first time. It's now available for order. LionelRacing.com or through our call center at 1-800-952-0708 or other authorized Lionel Racing Diecast dealers. You definitely want to add this one to your collection because this is the only first time that a race win die cast of the 1984 200 car from richard petty the number 43 stp pontiac will be produced so you definitely want to add this one to your collection A few weeks back here on Authenticated, we opened up a contest using hashtag AuthenticatedFan where you fans needed to send in some photos of your diecast collection of the championship four drivers from the Cup Series, Xfinity Series, and Truck Series. If you had any diecast from any of those 12 drivers, we wanted to see pictures of them on social media using hashtag AuthenticatedFan. And we were going to give away four $25 LionelRacing.com gift cards. And guess what? We are here to announce those winners right now. Four $25 LionelRacing.com gift cards are on their way to Twitter user at Cast19Mike, who sent in a couple of photos of his Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Truex, and Denny Hamlin cars in his collection. Another winner, Andrew Eckenrode on Twitter, who sent in some photos of his Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson cars. Also, the third one will go to at Jaw Creations on Twitter, Chase Elliott, Truex, Larson, Hamlin, and Almondinger cars in his collection. And last but not least, at Maureen Holt sent in some photos of her and Ben Rhodes and some of the Ben Rhodes diecast collection. And uh, Rhodes, obviously, the 2021 NASCAR Camping World Truck Series champion. So uh, congratulations to the four of you. We will send you some direct messages uh, on Twitter with some instructions on how to claim your $25 LionelRacing.com gift cards. Welcome back to Authentic. Whoa, Alex. Yeah. What? Do you hear that? I think so. No way. Could it be? Come on. I think it I is. Did, I didn't think. I, 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 I. Holy smokes. Look He's back. back. 
Ho, ho, ho! Diecast Santa is back. Diecast Santa, it's been a while since we saw you last. I think it's been pre-COVID. How have you and Mrs. Diecast Santa been holding up over the last year or so? We've been doing well. We've missed you guys and the fans for sure. We're ready to really wish some give some diecast prizes away this year all right so hey we're all for it and i know the fans love to see diecast santa every year so what do we got to do here all you have to do is just like you've done in the years past just tell us the diecast is on your wish list but you got to use hashtag diecast santa and let us know which diecast you want on our your social media channels but tell us again you got to use hashtag diecast santa and tell us which ones diecast you're looking for under your tree this year and maybe this year your wish will come true and i am so excited to see diecast santa back in our lives we've missed him uh, from the diecast north pole and uh you know thanks for making holiday dreams come true so uh remember fans use hashtag diecast santa and it's great to have you back diecast it's good santa. to be back the elves are working hard they're making some prototypes we got some maybe display cases we got some unique things, just but you got to tell us what you're looking for, and we can have those elves maybe make some extras. But yep. we'll have to see. We also got to see who's on that naughty list and who's on that nice list. Well, that's the one thing that you know he checks his list and you know wait makes his list and checks it twice. And uh, we can promise you, if you've been naughty on social media, you might get a lump of coal in that diecast Santa stocking. <laughs> Mr. Kenfield, are you telling me there's naughty people on social media? I, 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 I know it's hard to believe. It, it's got to. It, this might be the first time you're hearing this diecast, Santa, because I know that there's no Twitter up in the North Pole. But uh, you know, we will make sure to get that list to you, the naughty and nice list, to make sure that All the right. diecast go. Well, I got to the, go back and double check some of those lists and those names to see who's saying naughty things. Then we'll have to do that as well. That's right. So uh, diecast hashtag diecast Santa on so social media try to use uh, instagram and twitter with the hashtag diecast santa and if you want to use facebook when you uh you will see a post about diecast santa on lionel racing's facebook page just use hashtag diecast santa in a comment that way we can see it if you just use it on your own profile and your own status update there's a chance that we may not see it that way if you're private or something like that so use it as a comment to the diecast santa post on our facebook page or use hashtag diecast diecast santa on twitter and instagram and diecast santa i think we'll uh, give folks maybe about a week or so to send in their uh diecast hashtag diecast santa uh wish list that'll give the yells another week or so i think uh probably about mid-december we will announce the winners how does that sound sounds great we're ready to go ho 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 to you ho 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 here we go All right, with all that Diecast Santa excitement out of the way, it's time to finish up this week's show with our last lap highlight of the week, the uh, biggest uh, news that happened in uh, in the NASCAR world, in our minds at least. So uh, we'll start with you, Alex. What was your last lap highlight of the week? Um, mine's more, you know, entertainment-based, but on Twitter, if you follow Roush Fenway Kozlowski Racing in front row, they've actually been going back and forth with a meme war in regards to each other's paint schemes and cars and it's actually pretty entertaining all right thomas that didn't i don't know if that bought you enough time to think about what <laughs> your last lap highlight's going to be but uh, i'll throw you on the spot anyway what do you got all right well here we go i guess what i'm going to say is uh the tracks the changes to nascar i mean i think it's pretty exciting i mean nashville fairgrounds coming uh coming 2022 
Yeah, uh, it won't be 2022. 23 maybe? Yeah, but uh, definitely a lot of work and revamping there that Speedway Motorsports still has to do. But uh, if that announcement hasn't been made by the time this show hits the air, I think uh, there's certainly plenty of uh, rumors and uh, wherever there's fire, there's smoke, there's fire. So, um, you know. I, so it's I, just rumors. I'm just speculating rumors no, I, of track here, but I, I, yeah. I think probably by the time that folks are listening to this, it'll uh, it'll be officially announced. But hey, even if but not, you got the you other can, one, you got the other one definitely coming for the Clash, the, the uh, Coliseum. Yeah, Los which Angeles I know Coliseum. You know, sure. I get people aren't you know some people aren't maybe sold on all these changes. I think it's unique. I like the you know I, I'm excited for some of these changes. I don't even mind the number. I think I like the cars. Right. Um, and the way that looks, it gives a sponsorship. I think we'll have to see some really cool designs because of it. I, it's, you look, it's exciting. It's a change. Some, you know, change is not always a bad thing. Let's see what happens. Right. But I like what what's happening. I, I think, you know, shorter, short tracks are good. So let's go. And they're bringing I'm back ready. North Wilkesboro too. No, I mean, pump the brakes on that one. There, there's... <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you've been up you to North Wilkesboro. Oh, I have. Yeah. No, no. We, we actually went during COVID, actually. And, and, I, and I think the government, uh, North Carolina state government, gave them a couple million dollars or something like that to start fixing some stuff. Yeah. But it's going to need a lot more than a, a couple million. That, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. One's that one's really invention. I, I was there. It'll be unique. Yeah, right. You yeah. Know, I, look, I'm not discouraging it. Like I said, I'm a short track guy. I'd love to see North Wilkesboro back. I spotted the last late model race that they had there. A uh, big $75,000 to win uh, past super late model race there. I was a spot on the spotter stand and part of the grandstands were condemned there. We had to move locations because this, the county said you can't stand there. So, uh, And it's only gotten worse. This is, I don't know, 2010, 2011, something like that. Uh, and I promise you it's gotten worse since then. But uh, we have seen some stuff on, on Twitter and stuff like that where they're uh, bulldozing some of the old buildings so there's definitely some work there um, you know how much work needs to really be done still to be determined to get that thing uh, you know maybe it won't be a NASCAR track maybe you can run a hold a truck race there or something like that but even if you could run some short track races and I know there's even rumors about throwing some dirt on and make it a dirt track that would be cool too just to see See it be something other than an eyesore on the side of 421 there, on, you know, when you're going up towards the mountains from the Charlotte area, you know, just uh, have some kind of racing at that facility again would be really good. So, um, uh, but I, I definitely agree with you, Thomas. You know, uh, I don't want to say change was necessary, you know, uh, on the NASCAR, you know, from as a whole, I'm saying an umbrella statement that there had to be changes with NASCAR. I don't think right. that's the case necessarily. Nope. But, you know, change we fear change as as nascar fans we fear change yep. we we this is a collective we when i say we i think i speak for you know the majority of race fans if it's the same we don't like it if it's different we don't like it. Like right. if, if you watch social media, you know, people complain that stuff is is not changing and then they complain that it is changing. Well, you know what? That's welcome to the real world. So now there are some changes to the NASCAR schedule, the cars, the way the cars look, the way they're shaped, the way they're supposed to perform and the parts and the pieces to them. But look, this is reality. This is what's happening. You know, either, you know, hopefully you're on board with it and let the let the let the racing do the talking, you know, how the cars look on TV and how they you know race each other and how they hit walls and hit each other and things like that. That will be the ultimate determination, not just people saying this sucks on Twitter. You know what I mean? So it well, let's see how it all shakes out. Let's see how the racing is. Let's see how it all is, um, you know, when it actually comes to fruition. 
uh, at least that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, you know, be an open book until, uh, you know, at the end of the 2022 season. To me, as long as they're racing. That's all I want to see. That's Put them it. on track. Let's see nope. how it goes. If it ends up being slot car racing and nobody can pass and there's nothing going on, on you know, for four hours on a Sunday afternoon, then I think we can say, well, this might not be the right direction. Right. But, I mean, if they're racing hard and there's different guys, you know, comers and goers and guys winning races that hadn't won races before and guys that do win races, you know, continuing to do the same thing, then uh, I think it's a home run. So we'll just kind of wait and see how it all shakes out. But uh, I know I'm certainly excited for 2022. And, uh, um with that uh my last lap highlight of the week is definitely that richard petty car uh just uh, i know we've got some pictures on social media so you know the pictures are great and all that stuff because i took them but the the pictures don't just do it justice because there has i don't think we can stress that enough in all the years in the almost 40 years since that race this is a the first time the only time that a you know his last nascar cup series win will be produced in diecast form and it's kind of crazy and i think even richard mentioned this earlier it's kind of crazy that almost 40 years there hasn't been a race win diecast of his 200th win uh made available so um you know kudos to our production team and richard petty motorsports and richard petty you know and his family uh and organization for you know conceptualizing this and thankfully richard got the rights to his name and and a bunch of different things on the back end it's not like there hasn't been the want for this car there's just been a lot of legal things tied up on you know that prevented something like this from happening before but those are all cleared up and now we've got a really cool die cast available so uh, we're really excited to see that uh you know here uh you can order it today lionelracing.com 1-800-952-0708 so uh really excited for that and uh my Number two, because you know I can't get out of this without one more short track mention, but the uh, Snowball Derby this weekend, Five Flag Speedway, Pensacola, Florida, the biggest super late model race in the country. Uh, some NASCAR guys, Ryan Priest, uh, Noah Gregson's going to run the Snowflake Race, uh, which is the preliminary race on Saturday, uh, and the Snowball Derby Sunday, Ty Majeski, uh most recent winner of the race so uh definitely some nascar names involved in that race uh that uh, you'll definitely want to check out if you're if you've never experienced snowball derby i went down there for years spotted it uh pit crewed uh i was on a pit crew one time when actually priest made his snowball derby is his stock car debut uh 2009 maybe um at snowball derby i was on the pit crew i was the catch can man and ended up with fuel all over me because i sucked so um yeah, if we ever have Ryan on the show, we'll talk about that because uh, it was definitely an interesting thing. And we ran pretty good, actually, uh, in that race. So There's not enough fuel in the car. Yeah. Uh, we, 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 luckily, it was <laughs> a mid-race pit stop, and there was plenty of caution, so we were able to put more fuel in it. But had that been the money stop, you know, with like 80 laps to go and a 75-lap fuel window, it would have been real ugly there. But uh, um but uh, a lot of fun down there in Pensacola, Florida, the Snowball Derby this weekend. So uh, on Sunday afternoon. So uh, with that, I think we're going to wrap up today's show. We really appreciate everybody tuning in once again for Authenticated. We'll have at least one more show before we take a little holiday break uh, in mid to late December. But uh, we definitely want to give up some diecast away with diecast Santa through our social media channels and talk more about the NASCAR diecast uh, business and all the great things going on here at Lionel Racing one more time before we break for the holidays. So uh, on behalf of of Alex and Thomas. I am Matt. We appreciate you joining us here on Authenticated, and we will talk to you soon on the next episode of Authenticated. 
Follow Lionel Racing on Twitter at Lionel underscore racing. On Instagram at Lionel underscore racing. And be sure to like Lionel Racing on Facebook. Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.